0: Welcome to the Hashira Half Hour. I am your random piece of fabric floating through the swamp and hoping to get rescued by Tanjiro. I'm Hannah, and I'm, as always, joined by Brian and Emily.
1: What's up, guys? It's me, the Naruto on Naruto's back, Brian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys.
2: Um, I'm Emily, Um, making it through this beautiful, drizzly Friday with a hot chai latte.
0: Oof. Something about rainy weather that brings out the hot coffee in all of us. Right. We are
2: approaching my favorite time of the year, pumpkin spice. I know that that's a controversial take, but <laughs> not for me.
1: Can't go wrong. I with mean, it's spice. just when it's too early. Having known the holiday creep has gotten early and earlier each year, pumpkin's just a little too early, but...
0: Hey, you know what? I would drink pumpkin and peppermint all year long if I could. And I probably actually could, but I choose not to. <laughs> oh, man. Well, today we are discussing Episode 7, Muzan Kibutsuji. And what an episode it is. Quite a lot happens <laughs> in this episode. We got the second half of Tanjiro's first mission as Demon Slayer and we meet our main big bad villain, Muzon Kibutsuji, hence the name of the episode. There's a lot to go over with this episode and I felt like looking at it through the lens of power. So we're going to be focusing on the theme of power this episode. Uh, this episode was jam-packed, full of action and storytelling. Something that I really loved was the inclusion of Nezuko in the fight with Tandros' first uh, Demon Slayer mission. We have gone episode after episode of Tanjiro's story, watching him train and become a slayer. Uh, but this episode, you know, we first really get to see Nezuko's power. Um, so kind of what my first question would be is, what do you think of the beginning stages of Nezuko's abilities?
2: It's interesting to get to watch her. Um, this is one of the first missions that they've been on together. And we've seen her kind of jump into action a few times, but I don't think we've seen her um, in as close combat yet as what we get to see in this episode with the demon that's split into the three. Um, it's, uh, and it's interesting because that demon, again, I think we can kind of infer that he has been around for a little while, he's clearly eaten quite a few humans, and with each new human that he's consumed gained who knows how much more power. Nezuko doesn't have any of that, right? So at first, it's a little clumsy, I think, Um, (laughs) you know, like backed by a lot of strength, but it is like kind of like misguided and clumsy. And, you know, he even mentions like, oh, these are the same moves over and over. I'm kind of picking up what she's putting down here. And I think that I'll be able to like leave a scratch, which he does. But she is also a very quick learner. And so the way she's able to kind of pivot and fight back and, um, you know, use her own strength against him, metamorphosizes so quickly in this fight that it's like very intimidating. I think it's like, oh she's like a baby demon, she's just learning how to do this, but look at how fast she's learning this, even though this other person has already eaten so many. So it's interesting to see the battle between the powers there.
1: Yeah, I think um, Nezuko as a power level obviously She's kind of like a puppy in my mind, you know. She doesn't really have her legs yet. She isn't really fully there yet, but she's like she understands that she can do big swings and do big kicks. And I think her power level is, uh, you know, kind of driven from that command Tandro gave her, like protect these two, you know, while I'm going under. And so I think that's where the, you know, the brute strength that Emily talked about is coming from. That power kind of is. Uh, you know based upon a memory or at least for again we've talked about her primal instinct that one thing if we're like again going back to the dog metaphor she's, she's just following that command very well and I think that's just a lot of loyalty as well for her power
0: definitely yeah I loved the moment where she like jumped over that swamp so effortlessly and Tanjiro was like okay wait I don't need to protect her because she is powerful because she is a demon I was like yes Yes, she's got that power, but we're getting pebbles of it, you know? (laughs) Love it. Um, I I really loved also how we finally got to see the two of them just truly working together. Uh, Both Kamado siblings have a lot of power now in their own right, but they really are able to maximize it by working together. So um, how did you feel about their shared power through teamwork in this fight scene?
1: I wanted to say that it's like Batman and Robin, but I don't think that's a fair comparison. Um, Well, maybe it is to start because um, I would say with like kind of a Batman and Robin type situation, their power levels are distinguishable. Where Tanjiro, you have, uh, you know, years worth of training with Oroko but with Nezuko, all you have is that kind of um, mental training that she had while she was asleep and just the pure um, loyalty to Tanjiro and follow him as her backups. So I think their power comes in waves, and I think they are kind of good opposites for each other, where Nezuko does not have the power quite yet of like training and technicality. She has the emotional push behind her, whereas Tanjiro just being human sometimes lacks that, but does have that technicality, and I think she's kind of picking up and using Tanjiro as an image to grow towards in this baby demon phase, which I think is really cool.
2: Yeah, Yeah. just to piggyback off of that a little bit, um, I think that Nezuko's moment to shine, at least initially, might've happened technically in the last episode at the beginning of this fight where she gets to jump in and, you know, protect not only her brother, but then the other two humans that are there with them that she kind of sees her siblings in, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, This episode, we really get to see Tanjiro have a great moment with her. He, you know, just um, the minute that she gets scratched, that demon's going in for the kill, and he jumps back out of the swamp. Not my sister. Oh my gosh, what a great moment. I am such a sucker for anything like that. (laughs) Um, But it also shows, like, his speed, right? Right. Because he's like stuck in this kind of timeless area, swimming back through it, and it seems so slow paced, but then everything that happens afterwards happens like not even in the blink of an eye. So the speed that he's honed really matches the strength, I think, that Nezuko is beginning to nurture and to get to show off in the fights as well. And between the two of them, they're going to be an unstoppable team.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, you kinda you kinda have to wonder if he like sensed something was going on because he wasn't able to see, you know, what was happening to Nezuko until he was like above ground. And as soon as he was above ground, he was taking that demon down. <laughs> so it's like, do they have like a sixth sense for each other? Like in protecting each other? I think you know. There's there's kind of magic in this world, right? I think so.
1: I I mean, I think that to a certain extent breathing the breathing forms and demon blood arts are magic, so.
0: Yeah. It's like a realistic magic. It's not like Harry Potter magic. It's like, all right, like, this is just part of their world.
1: You know? Part of their world. I knew
0: as soon as I said that you were going to start singing that song, so I paused because I knew you were going to do it.
1: <laughs> oh, God, that's great.
0: Um, Brian never change. <laughs> Ever oh man um so going off of that let's transition over to Tanjiro for a moment we kind of already touched on him a little bit but this obviously isn't the first time we've seen him fight a demon since he had to fight those demons in final selection however it is his first mission as a slayer um a couple moments stood out for me in this fight uh his brave choice to go inside the swamp first of all was very powerful like he was just like ready to go into this unknown area without knowing what was inside, if he could even survive. But he was just like, let's do this. Um, But a moment that really called to me was when he dealt with the final of the three after the fight was pretty much done. Um, We're really starting to see his ruthlessness come out because he like cut that tongue out. He was just like, you know, like, don't come for my sister. You know, don't come for these people. I'm going to protect them. Um, so how do you feel Tandro showed power in this moment over that demon? I mean, I think
2: that by the time the demon realized that two of his counterparts were already dead, that the power imbalance was pretty clear. Um and of course, Tondro's fantastic moment that we just talked about, but he's got a lot of motivation behind those moments. For one thing, this demon's coming for his sister. This is his last living sister and kind of what he's dedicated the rest of his life to. So I don't know about you, but if it was me, I would not be letting anybody anywhere near them. Mm-hmm. So I can't really blame him for that. And I think that's like a little bit of his primal instinct that he might have coming to play. Um... And then the secondary motivation that he has here is that he needs to find out how to turn her back, right? And he's not had a lot of luck with other demons in the past speaking to them and trying to get information. Um, he's only just gathered a name from Orokodaki very recently as to like the, the individual demon that he thinks might be responsible or at least able to give an answer. And this demon is one of the first that's able to actually like hold a conversation with him long enough to give any kind of information at all. And the only information that it's able to give is that it can't give any, which I think to Tanjiro is, like, um, kind of showing the significance of this person that he hasn't met yet, or this demon, because here he is, he knows that he is in a position where he's able to kill this demon, clearly Tanjiro holds more power in the immediate moment, and this thing is still not willing to talk, because Mm -hmm. that's how much power this unspoken force has as well, so... I think it's interesting. I think he knows that he is becoming more powerful, Tanjiro, but he knows that whatever he is up against is something to be reckoned with.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I think uh, with Tanjiro in that moment, he is kind of playing executioner, right? Or I guess kind of like a cat playing with his food to a certain extent. Like he's really done with him at that point, but like if there's anything else he can scavenge, why not? And he's just trying to, you know, head towards Muzan, right? Um with his motivations going forward you know he wants to try and get nezuko back to a human and he wants to try and avenge himself so his power i guess comes from that emotional drive and it'll be really interesting or it is interesting to watch long term for future episodes kind of how it grows and how it changes as well with his day-to-day realities uh, his power though i think still comes from a, a solid place of justice and truth And I think that's kind of interesting for most types of powers because you see a lot of like power corruption. And I think it's very interesting how he uses it in a way that may seem toying and, uh, you know, extortionist like, but it's still coming from that sense of justice.
0: Yeah. And the way he just didn't hesitate when the demon's arms regenerated and tried to make a jump on him, like just shows, again, just how ruthless he is and how he's willing to bring his blade down as soon as he feels him and the people around him are in danger. So a lot of power there. So speaking of that moment, because I feel like that moment from the episode was a pretty big one, honestly, and we kind of touched on it briefly when we're talking about it just now um but this really is the first time we get to see the power that Muzan holds over the demons you know this demon as soon as Tanjiro brought up the name he was pretty much in tears like no i can't tell you like he's having flashbacks of being choked out by him um so what do you think like taking a deeper dive into that power that Muzan holds over the demons what where do you think that is coming from and just like your overall thoughts on that
1: uh you know as a part of the story itself, right, um, you know, every anime needs this big bad guy villain, and I think this is that moment where we finally meet them. So you finally get to, you know, experience the essence of true power, and I think, uh, you know, again, another anime cliche, power comes from fear, every villain says it, but that's very eminently true when you see the demon starting like literally panicking because he sees him in his mind and he's like oh shit like either i'm gonna die to a demon slayer right now or muzan could give me a fate worse than death so mm-hmm. i don't know what to pick right and then Tandro also kind of experiencing all that going back to what emily said right how shook can you be when the actual demon is starting to get scared like and he's just beginning to get into the world of demons and understanding their hierarchy so he's really just getting that like big big bad guy experience for you know just a minute
2: yeah i think we'll touch on this a little bit more later but to me that we have this flashback moment with the demon right and we get to see um still like a very silhouetted figure of moves on and in his interaction um, with this particular demon. And I think it's insinuated in that moment that this is like the creator, right? Like, the, the or certainly like somebody very high up, like Brian said, in those hierarchies. Um, somebody, again, that has the power to offer something that's like worse than death, like like Brian was saying. And uh, what are you gonna pick? What are you going to pick between each of those and uh, knowing that it's something that's eternal and that he mentions that he's always going to know what you're doing like how is he able to do that it's not really touched on quite yet um but that he is constantly watching and he'll know the minute that you do something and that it's not just an empty threat i think um it's clear that he holds a lot of power and that he's going to be a really important figure I think in the future for every demon probably not just for this one probably for Nezuko probably for a lot of the other ones that we're going to run into
0: here as well well and at the end of the day like he chose to make the jump on Tanjiro instead like he could have chosen to just say his name but instead he was like no I'm not going to and I'll take my chances with this Slayer." like even though Tandra was towering over him, you know, had just cut out his tongue like a freaking badass. Like, <laughs> you know, he he had the choice and he still was so scared of Muzan and his power that he was like, maybe I'll take my chances with this later. And of course he was instantly taken care of. But again, really telling of that power. Right. It's like, is that the more merciful option? <laughs> Probably is. Yeah, I mean... A quick death. I mean, that demon was gone within seconds because it didn't take him long to disintegrate. Like, you you imagine how quick of a death that was compared to what could have happened if he had said Muzan's name. Very different.
1: Yeah. Another what-if moment, right? Um, (laughs) You imagine what happens. He's like, his name is Muzan Kibutsuji, and he is, and all I imagine is just, like, him starting to bubble, like from the inside and bursting.
0: We should just write a whole Demon Slayer What If like TV show and try and get our, our, our TV show The, brass hashira. the oh grass
1: Hashira! Oh my God, uh, it could happen.
0: I'll be the cookie Hashira.
2: <laughs> I'll be the controversial pumpkin spice Hashira.
1: <laughs> pumpkin spice Hashira, I'm
0: <laughs> Pumpkin spice breathing, first form.
1: style.
2: The pumpkin spice thing is actually probably all about perspective. To me, I'm a Hashira, but the minute that I go in um, on an unspecified day when it comes back to the Starbucks barista, I am probably the demon, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, Let's just live in the demon slayer world and do something like that. (laughs) I am all for it. Okay, tangent. Let's uh, revert back. It's hard to do sometimes. So let's dive in a little bit more into Muzan, just because I feel like it's clear, like, when it comes to power, Muzan's got all kinds of it. Um, This is the episode where we actually see his face, which... I don't know about you guys. When I watched the show for the first time, I was not expecting to see the face of the main bad guy. So early on in the show, I was thinking they were going to pull like an avatar last airbender where we did not see the face of the main villain until the final season. (laughs) Um, But I think it's interesting that they chose to show us his face now and have that interaction between our main hero and the main villain. Um, Obviously we didn't see much of the interaction that that's more coming next episode. Um, But I love that Tandra was ready to fight him then and there. As soon as he put his, like, his hand on his shoulder, he was grabbing his sword. He was ready. You can see that anger inside of him, knowing that Muzan was the one who killed his family because of the scent. He's seen the power that he holds, yet he's still willing to take him without another thought. But then we see Muzan's family and a diversion. He turns a man into a demon. So, um obviously small pebbles of Muzan and Tandro and what the story is gonna lead to, but what are your first thoughts on just that whole moment where he is, Tanjiro's willing to take him down, but Muzan is very clever with the distractions.
1: I think Tandro wanting to still go in there. It's his, you know, headstrong perseverance, right? He, again, doesn't have perspective on, I mean, he understands that it's bad, but he doesn't understand the perspective of how bad it is yet in the entire comparison of demons. So it's very interesting to just see him walk in uh, to the unknown. Um, as Muzon is standing there, he clearly knows what's going on, and he's trying to de-escalate this situation as quickly as he can, because he knows that this could either go really bad or I could hopefully walk away with this. Um, You know, his daughter sitting there, I don't know who you are, like, couldn't know her, couldn't ever. Um, It's just moves on just trying to get that diversion of attention away. But I think that his use of that is interesting because he's still able to do other things. We see him scratch at someone else and then he's like, I will spite you nonetheless for coming here and doing this.
2: Yeah. Um, as far as power goes in this scene, Muzan holds it without a doubt for so many different reasons. First, to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, Hannah, um, we get to see his face right away, which is extremely uncommon in like this anime algorithm that exists. A lot of the really popular shows do not do that. Um, Off the top of my head, a really good example, Naruto. Um, Maybe we'll talk about that later, but one of the best villains in the entire show, we do not get to see their face or realize who they are for hundreds of episodes. And it's like a huge buildup to who this person might be. Um, This completely flips all of that on its lid and we get to see this person right away. And I think that that really insinuates that this is somebody who's not afraid to show their face in broad nightlight, I guess. (laughs) I don't know what you call (laughs) it in the light (laughs) like just walking around downtown Tokyo right um Mm -hmm. immediately visible surrounded by hundreds of other humans um this is somebody who knows that they are extraordinarily powerful and I don't think that Tanjiro running up to them is going to be something that throws them off right at this moment I think maybe it's a little blip in their day for Tanjiro it's a huge moment this is like the person that ruined his entire family and um Probably was the one that turned his sister into a demon. I don't think Muzan even knows who he is quite yet. At this point, I think he's just like, oh, like, like this, like this is a demon slayer. This is clearly a rookie. He's figured this part out, but this is not something that I need to concern myself with right now. Um, And we get to see him do like a little power demonstration, I think, for Tanjiro in this moment. And Mm -hmm. this is another moment where I think we get to see, like, this is the creator because there is the moment with the scratch, which is used as a diversion, um, you know, for the crowd. But we get to see him turn somebody so quickly, and it's like this is what I can do just by barely grazing my fingers across the back of somebody's neck with nobody noticing. Imagine what I could do if I was trying right now, um, you know. And He's I haven't done this in a problem. couple. Of- oh no, what's up?
1: Oh no, <laughs> oh, I just—I like, he, heard yep. it i heard it in my head
2: After it's fine he is he's like try me like i like i have been around for centuries i am not afraid of you like what i don't think i don't think he even has put together that like tanjiro and nezuko are even like part of the same thing i don't think that that's anywhere near crossing muzan's mind right at this moment um and he, he holds a lot of power. I haven't drawn any parallels to like other famous literature in a minute, but if this was like the bad guy, this is like the Dracula character, right? This is yeah. um, the one that's different. Cause we've seen a few demons, they don't really exist very well around other human beings. We see that they have this bloodlust that's like barely containable and he's able to just walk around. Like it's not a problem, he has a family. Um, He's not afraid to be seen in broad daylight, but he is also the one that can turn other people into them very, very quickly. And we've not seen any other demons with that power quite yet. So this is a powerful guy. I think that without a doubt, he holds all of it in this moment.
0: And yet Tanjiro was like ready to throw down and like end the show right then and there.
2: (laughs) In the initial moment, yes. But I do think that Tanjiro, um, like in the immediate follow-up, realized what he was dealing with
0: yeah I think the shock yeah he he understood the choice that he needed to make as soon as he Muzan turned that man into a demon he knew he needed to go there and protect him he he kind of gave up on on taking on Muzan at that moment which I think was Muzan's plan was again that diversion to like you know he doesn't want this random slayer like trying to call his name out in this crowd because he's clearly trying to blend in so Tandro went right with his plan but it was the right choice you know obviously we're early enough in the show there's gonna be you know a, a power mismatch there Tandro's not ready to take him on he thinks he he thinks for a moment he might be but he's not
1: <laughs> he got the confidence you don't <laughs> got the back to it
0: though no not yet Tandro you have a long way to go honey. <laughs> It's episode seven. But <laughs> a lot of mystery involved. Um, and, and, and to kind of call out something that you mentioned, Emily, like, yes, he is looking at him at this rookie as this rookie, but maybe detected a sense of fear in his eyes, like a, a small amount of fear in Muzan's eyes when he saw Tondro for the first time, which I think is a call to the next episode. So um, I'll leave it at that. But I do think there was... A slight amount of power that Tandro held over him for roughly 0. 0.5 seconds. <laughs> before he was like, I got to take care of him. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, before we transition over into our favorite moments of the episode, um, do you have any other thoughts on the episode that you want to throw in before we do that? I feel like you're both. I crazy. just
1: loved Muzan's first album. I thought it was one of my favorite releases.
0: You've been hit by, you've been struck by
2: a smooth criminal. Rest in peace, Michael Jackson. I know
0: you would have loved Demon Slayer. <laughs> oh, you, a carbon copy of him. Like, let's be honest. The the writer did not even try to hide. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the same style. It, I get it.
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: It's great. The jokes can sometimes get tiring on TikTok though. I will say that. Mm. Every once in a while I'm like, I get it. He looks like Michael Jackson. Can I please call him on without people coming for me? Hey, well,
1: I mean, this outfit Muzon.
0: Yeah, and it's his it's this specific outfit that he's in now. You know. Later on we'll see him in different outfits and he won't look like him, but cool. All right, great stuff. Well I think it is a good time to transition over to our favorite moments of the episode. So I will go first, Uh, kind of rewinding back a little bit. We've been talking a lot about the end of the episode. Um, But there are a lot of scenes in this episode that I actually love. Again, I say, like, so much happens in this episode. Uh, They really jam-packed a lot into 23 minutes. But it didn't feel rushed, even though so much happened. I was like, dang. Um, Anyway. I wanted to speak on Tandro's final interaction with the young man that you know had the fiance who unfortunately got devoured um, this young man is like yelling at him he's like are you laughing at the way I brushed that off unfortunately
2: she was devoured <laughs> <laughs> against my better wishes he has been consumed. <laughs>
0: Bless her soul. Anyway, (laughs) moment of silence. Okay, let's move on. Uh, (laughs) Losing my train of thought. So this young man yells at Tanjiro. He's like, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how it feels. Why are you telling me to just keep living on? And Tanjiro has every right to be like, yo, I lost my whole family. Like, relax. I've been through worse, honestly. And I'm a child. Um, but instead, like, we get, like, that picture-perfect, kind Tandro face. And he just gently takes his hand and is like, you're you're going to be okay. Like, it's fine. Um, he doesn't raise his voice. He doesn't feel the need to explain his past to this man. He just hands him the little satchel and hopes that, you know, something from his fiance is in there. And of course it is. And then he feels Tandro's hands, which are so hard and blistered from all the training. And then he realizes that he must have gone through it. And I mean, again, you guys know, I would love to talk about Tandro and like his kindness and empathy. Um, but it just was one of those really shining moments for him. You know, he had every right to like kind of snap back at this guy who was being snappy with him, but he kind of understood the situation that he was in and chose to treat it with empathy. And I just love, I love the contrast of Tondro's character in this episode because he's got those sheer ruthlessness moments and then the sheer kindness moments. Such a well-rounded character. I love him as always.
2: 100%. is such a beautiful little moment. Like it's it's kindness, it's silent kindness, I think, that he mm-hmm. really shows off very nicely. Um, my favorite moment is kind of a small one and it's hard to pick because this is such a good episode. This is probably one of my favorite episodes of season one overall. So I really yeah. could like just put my finger down and just pick like any um, frame from here. But one that I think is a little bit funny in this episode that's otherwise kind of serious is the transition between um you know like this fight with the three demons and then into like kind of this moves on scene we get to see tanjiro kind of freak out in the city he's like oh he's like is this like he's like there's electricity and running water and like but that's just like not what he's familiar with and we get to see him get like overstimulated i think in the city and then he's like i can't go here oh my gosh i can't go in this dark alley people are doing unspeakable things i can't like where can i exist and like feel sane and then he like finally drags nezuko out and he's like okay we're getting a bowl of food on now and then he finally gets the bowl of food on and right as he's about to go and enjoy it, it's like okay, I, I have this scent that I'm picking up on, and he just drops it. I'm like, man, like please let my boy have some soup. Right? Please let him
0: have some soup.
2: Our precious but, little country bumpkin. I know, precious little angels. <laughs> but that's mine. I just, I just think it's funny the contrast of those two scenes and like him being stuck in the middle of it.
1: I think it was good soup. Good soup. Good soup. <laughs> But my favorite moment of the episode, I always love a good animation scene, right? I always love breathing forms. And so um, my favorite moment is underwater where he is fighting those demons. And he's like, you guys think you have the advantage on me here, but there are only certain forms that work in water. And so he did, he hit him with that form seven, is it right? Whirlpool. And he just sliced them. Oh God. He was like, you guys think you have the upper hand on me? And I think it, Uh, really just kind of actually does demonstrate power in that moment that they had the understanding they thought they were in the clear to keep going because even he had said how can they move that fast they're underwater how are they you know hitting such good angles and it shows power on their own and from their own training but Tanjiro said this isn't an uneven fight and I will show you he literally just ripped right through him and I think that's awesome
0: lots of power that's a really good scene that we didn't even talk about much but I think that's telling of how many good scenes there were in this episode. I mean, every single moment was, you know, you're just trying to kind of absorb everything that's going on. So amazing stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that is about all the time that we have for today. So thank you all for listening in. Um, As always, please subscribe, like, share the content on platforms, whatever you want to do. Additionally, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at the Hashira Half Hour. And we will see you all next week. Umay. 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 (laughs) Bye, everyone.